I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote. I've been spending some time with the members of the band New World Sun. They're a Juno-nominated and Covenant Award-winning band from Niagara Region. And I'm speaking right now with Joel. And Joel, you got to help me with how you pronounce your last name. It's Parisian, if you want to say it kind of in an anglified way. It's actually a French name. It's Parisien, which means from Paris. Uh, so it's one of these tricky names that stumps people all the time. And I'm surprised how many people ask me if I'm Italian, but it's like... The name of the city is right there in the name, Parisian, anyways. <laughs> I like to stick every band I meet into a specific genre, but I can't do that with New World Sun. How do you describe your own unique blend of music? I would say that the foundation of what we do is definitely soul music, gospel music, definitely spiritually focused music. But there are a lot of ingredients in there that kind of make it difficult to classify, no doubt. I mean, we're into a lot of world music, reggae music, and soca, the blues, funk i mean there's a little bit of rock in there jazz when you've got four guys in the group that are so passionate about music and have a lot of experience playing a lot of different genres it's just really difficult to kind of be democratic it's like the united nations of music <laughs> with new world sun you know, i understand that the members of new world sun did the bar circuit prior to starting up new world sun how did that transition work switching from doing the bar band scene to performing primarily for christian audiences it's complicated, to be really honest. We started as a group, even this group, started in the bars as well. It was cool. It had this outreach component because we branded it as Gospel Music Night. It was a Tuesday night in a jazz club. Mark and I had been friends for a long time. Mark's a drummer. And he knew that I had a bunch of original songs waiting on a shelf for just for the right project. And so we got together and we, we were playing literally gospel music in a bar. And it was actually really well received. You know, we were getting chased out of there by the people that go into the bar. And, you know, it was, it was a weird time in our lives because when you're playing in a bar, you're really actually helping a bar sell alcohol. I mean, that's what it's about. And you get called back week after week because you're making the money. But at the same time, we were seeing all sorts of people that were coming out to see us on Tuesday nights starting to wind up at church. Because, you know, when you kind of remove that line between Christians and non-Christians, it's a way for Christians to sort of see, or non-Christians, I mean, to see that we're just all kind of regular people. We all need God. We're all broken. And it was just really encouraging. And so our church, they were loving it. They just thought it was really kind of radical outreach for our community. And then fast forward later, and all of a sudden, you know, a few years later, we're opening for the Newsboys all across America. And we're playing to anywhere from two to 5,000 people. And we're playing for a, a crowd that's predominantly believers. All of a sudden now we're playing for people that share the same spirit. It doesn't feel like we're kind of out in the trenches on the front lines anymore. And what was nice is that now we're starting to play shows where people aren't drunk. So if they come up to you and say, we really love the music, we know that it's not just the alcohol talking for a change. With you playing such a different style of music, such different genres, and as I mentioned before, an eclectic mix of music, do you find acceptance in the Christian music market? It's spotty. I think that we get love in different places. I mean, we're, we're very, very fortunate to have traveled to a lot of different countries, and, uh, and every country's got its own spin on not only just church, but music in general. And in the contemporary Christian world in America, there's so much music, there's so much infrastructure. And because of that, it's almost like a bubble and people can get used to the same sound. I'm not taking anything away from any musician that's going on the road and traveling away from their wives and, and making a sacrifice because they believe in the message in their music. But for us, it's like certain markets get what we're doing more than others. And we don't force it. I mean, we just go wherever the love is. And what I find is that when people can see it, when they can experience it 
live in a church or in a theater or at a festival and they're around other believers, it's like translates a lot better because people are maybe hearing a style of music that they've never heard before in their life. But there's something about the spirit and the music and, and, the, and the feeling of community that surrounds them. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times we've sold CDs to people and they've come up to me and said, I've never listened to any of this kind of music before, but now I'm excited to take the CD home and make it a part of my regular listening experience. So it's kind of cool, and we don't push it. We go wherever the love is, and some people bring us back every year, and some people have never called us again. It's just the way it goes. So do you think because of that, you're sort of breaking that bubble barrier that Christian artists find? Well, what I would say is I don't think it's just us as a group. I I think that... um, the church as a whole is changing so drastically because because it needs to. We're, I think we're losing a lot of young people, high school age kids, especially college age kids. They just kind of become disinterested in church, and and this is a demographic that that we need um, because these young people are going to end up influencing our policies and our, our politics, our, our culture, and so we want to have Christian representation in the world. But if the church isn't relevant, then those young people kind of walk away at, at a young age. And how many of them end up coming back? You know, for us as a band, what I, we see that young people are finding all of this new music and really raising it up. And, and because the church is trying to be more relevant, more contemporary, all of a sudden now this wider platform has arisen for more eclectic groups. I mean, bands that are doing things that are a little more on the edge in, in Christian music. And it's great. Like, I mean, I'm getting blown away. I'm being introduced to new bands every time we play a new festival. It's like, and so I think that God is kind of moving in a very unique way and using all sorts of musicians and artists and band because what we're about as believers is it's kind of subversive in a way. It, it is countercultural and the music should reflect that. The music should be rebellious. It should be on the cutting edge artistically. And I'm starting to see this new season in the church that's accepting all of this eclectic music. So we found out the truth in that you are a musical revolutionary. New World Sun grabbed a lot of radio attention with the release of your third self-titled album, and especially with the pop single, There Is A Way. Was the new song styling purposeful, or was it natural? I know this sounds strange, but the answer to that question is both. It was definitely intentional. See, the thing about our group is that we met so many people along the way in our travels that live in radio, that's what they live and breathe, and have come and said, I'm a big fan of your band, I can't play your band. And that started to get tiresome after a while. It's like we heard the same thing over and over again. It was like, we love what you're about artistically, but it's just too different for radio. We started to feel like, well, what's more important, indulging ourselves artistically, or is the message in our music truly the most important reason why we do what we do. And so we challenged ourselves to come up with something that would be commercial, but that would still be a reflection of what we're about as a group. It would still showcase our influences. And and so there's a certain amount of, I don't want to say compromise, because I don't feel it's the right word, but it's a matter of emphasis. You shift the emphasis a little bit as a writer, I mean, just speaking from experience. What we were left with with There's A Way, and then, and then with the follow-up single, Learning To Be The Light, they're more commercial representations of what the band is about. And so, yeah, there's a certain amount of, you meet in the middle a little bit, and, and with your arrangements, you definitely focus on getting to the point, get to the chorus real fast. And and that's what pop music is about, is being accessible to people. But I still think it's an accurate reflection of what we're about artistically. That leads into the one song off of Rebel Transmission is Radio Ghost Town. 
And that, again, offered up something new to fans of New World Sun. Do you want to describe the style of the song? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It's a 60s mod rock-inspired song about zombies taking over the world or something like that. I don't know. Honestly, I can't tell you where half of my artistic ideas come from. Well, I can. I can definitely say they're divinely inspired because I'm surprising myself all the time. And and I'm and I'm really I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because some of these things that come up are just so quirky. I mean, I can't tell you what kind of stuff is sitting on the shelf that people will probably never hear. But Radio Ghost Town was is sort of this metaphor for what it's like to be a believer and to be surrounded by mainstream culture and to just sort of to get this feeling like you're living among the living dead it's about shouting out and and being bold in your faith and and broadcasting what you're about as as a part of the body of christ and embodying that love for people and i like this pirate radio analogy that i just kind of got as i was writing the lyrics it's like and it's, it's back to what i said earlier about you know being a believer and existing in the world and maybe you're not of the world, but you're in the world, it's very subversive. And so everything that we're singing about is kind of countercultural, really. Well, that fits very aptly with the antidote on Trent Radio, because being a non-commercial station, it's on the edge. Any plans for this year for touring? Our tour calendar looks like kids playing a game of pin the tail on the donkey with the world map. <laughs> it's like one minute we're over here and the next minute we're over there. We're doing um, some summer festivals in America, it, in Canada too, actually. We're really looking forward to, to playing the Ottawa Blues Festival. It'll be our fourth time. That's a great festival. We'll be in Holland again, we, which seems to be our best international market. So we'll be back there playing the Flavo Festival, which is the largest Christian music festival in, in Europe. And, uh, and then random dates. And so for anybody to follow the band, you really got to go to the website. And, and it's definitely a tour manager's nightmare if you look at the way it's routed. But hey, like I say, we just go where the love is. And speaking about Holland, I've got to recommend to all listeners to go to the website and check out EO Youth Day in Holland. And that's probably one of the most amazing music videos. Everybody's got to go and check that one out. Joel, i got to thank you for uh, spending some time with The Antidote and sharing your thoughts and your music with us. And the best of success to you and the band. Thanks, man.